This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with a Goat Doc. Sorry, this episode is coming like a day late. Uh, I had I've tried to start this episode like three or four times, and I couldn't get my thoughts together quite right. And I had to go look stuff up. So um, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do it this time. Um, this is the third and final episode in my series for Animal Pain Awareness Month. Uh, And in this episode, I wanted to talk about kind of the differences in, and it kind of, it kind of fits. Like, I think this is a really interesting thing to talk about. I wanted to talk about kind of the cultural and legal differences that we have specifically for farm animals and pain mediation. And I mean, it all goes back to being aware that these animals experience pain and what that does to them physiologically. Uh, Like, so what what our approach is to it, like in different geographic locations. Um, I'm in the United States. Uh, I practice in the United States. I've lived in the United States for most of my life. I've traveled to other countries um, and have, you know, talked with vets from other countries and uh, vets who are trained within other countries where they learn the different regulations of the country where they're attending school. And it's just an interesting thing to think about. So I needed to kind of like try to word vomit this out a couple of times (laughs) before I hopefully get it right this time make some notes and review like the laws and all that stuff because it's been a while since I've thought about some of these things Uh, I definitely did not miss my calling as a lawyer um if you have questions about this stuff or other stuff, you can always feel free to email me at goatdoccara at gmail.com or click the contact tab on the website, which is goatdoc.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at goat underscore doc and the Twitter gets the stuff from the other, from the webpage and from the Instagram and that is at goat.cara if you are a Twitterer. If you send me something and I don't get right back to you, don't worry. I didn't delete it. I don't ever delete email. I have an inbox that is out of control, um, and it's there, and I probably will get to it. And if it's something that's, like, a question that you want answered, I'll probably get to it in, like, a Q&A episode, which I try to do periodically. Or if it's something that needs, like, a whole episode of talking about, then I'll talk about it for a whole episode. But I'll probably get to it. Um part of the reason I started the podcast is so like I wouldn't have to talk about the things over and over again because sometimes you feel like 
of like sometimes I'm doing my job which I love doing my job and I love talking about the things that I talk about but sometimes if I'm talking about the same thing to like three or four people in the same day then by the time I get to the fourth person I'm like did I say that thing already am I repeating myself in the back of my head I'm like what what's going on did I forget did I already talk about this did I talk about it twice to the same person or did I not talk about it at all it all kind of blurs together so sometimes I can be like hey go listen to my podcast episode about blah 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 and then you can listen to it and I probably covered it (laughs) in in a thorough fashion with maybe not repeating myself too much anyway um so I think that's most of the things. Shout out to Lorna at Phoenix Down Farm, who is my latest Patreon uh, supporter at the Patreon page. So that's really awesome. And thank you so much for your support. Um, the Patreon page, if you would like to monetarily support the podcast. And this is like, this is like you know, like a couple bucks a month, guys. This isn't like, um, not like I'm asking for... I mean, and you don't have to do this at all. This is just like, if you would like to support the podcast, um, you certainly can do that, and it's awesome. And there's some thank you gifts that are on the... Homer? Homer. Sorry, my dachshund is mad that my pug is touching him in the car. Um, (laughs) Stop touching me! Uh, the the Patreon page is patreon.com slash goat doc. And at some point, maybe this winter when life gets a little less crazy or maybe if I have a weekend or something, I will update my web page with a link to the Patreon and I will update my web page hopefully sooner than that with a thank you page to my Patreon supporters. Um, I think there was something else I was just going to try to say. Homer. And I can't quite remember what it was. So we'll start to talk about the last segment for Animal Pain Awareness Month, um, talking about regulations pertaining to pain awareness and management in farm animals mostly, though as usual I will talk about other things, uh, in the United States versus in other countries, uh, like mostly the UK, um, New Zealand and Australia, um, and then there's some kind of overarching statements about the European Union, which is nice. But uh, just to kind of like point out some differences, I think it's just interesting to think about. As always, this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your primary vet. And I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR veterinary and client patient relationship with your local vet. So... The consideration, like awareness of pain in animals, we've talked about different things, like what is pain, um, what does it cause physiologically, why should we care about it, what can we do about it, um, why do we do certain things in some animals and not in others, um, but then there's like a whole other can of worms about like what do we think about it as a culture or a society or a country and like what do we do about it um I said kind of jokingly in the first episode like nobody generally like most healthy functioning individual humans don't enjoy 
inflicting pain on something else, whether it's another human or animal or whatever. Um, and in fact, to varying degrees in our civilized uh, countries, we have different laws. Sorry, my husband is just texting me. I'm going to divert here because we just picked up some new goats last week and I totally, like, I look at them and I'm so excited about them. They're gorgeous. They're from really exciting genetics. And I, they, like, really motivate me to want to go to shows in the spring. So my husband just texted me. One of them, he's like, she has, like, a fancy registered name, but he's like, nope, Fergie. So he started calling her Fergie and they have to learn our milking routine because a couple of these does are in milk and he just texted me Fergie has a good brain she got this now so she's doing a good job on the milk stand which I love I love getting text messages from my husband of utter shots and goat milking updates anyway sorry <laughs> that's totally not related to this but um so culturally, geographically, like what do we do about like we have to potentially legislate regulations pertaining to the treatment of animals um, as like a functioning society. And it's kind of like a bummer that we have to do that at all. Like, you know, it'd be nice if everybody was just civil and sympathetic and empathetic and didn't do things that are painful to other humans or animals but unfortunately we do and this is also kind of a changing I mentioned in one of the other episodes a changing awareness of how animals like what is an animal's life experience like like probably you know several hundred years ago people were like oh those animals don't experience pain and well yeah they do like that seems then now in 2019 it seems silly to even say that to me at least but there's other people out there who think it's not silly and they're like oh they don't they i ha i routinely have clients tell me about whatever animal I'm seeing like their jaw hits the floor and they're in total astonishment when I tell them that that is a sign that their animal is in pain whatever it is limping shaking isolating hiding not going up the stairs whatever the behavior is and I say well that's a sign that it hurts and they're like astounded that that's a thing um, so it is a learning it is a, an education thing that this is this is something that happens and if we want to do right by our animals I think it's important that we treat them with a certain level of kindness for a lack of a better word coming to my brain right now um, but it's an, it's an interesting, like, like I said, I definitely didn't miss my calling as a lawyer because I like facts and numbers and if this, then that, um, and law has a lot of gray area, which, and interpretation, which is, can be frustrating for someone like me. Um, so, but I'm going to talk about that kind of stuff in this episode. 
the first thing to think about with animals and this thinking about animal welfare and awareness of animal welfare, awareness of animal pain as it relates to animal welfare is that in all of the countries I'm going to discuss, animals are considered to be property. So they are like your dog is property your cat is property your goats are property Uh, they're something that is owned by you and they are not a human they're not considered to be like an autonomous thing with its own i mean it gets a blur it gets to blurring the distinction between animal welfare and animal rights um, which i'm not really going to talk about in this episode um there's different legislation and regulations and um, like governmental departments in different countries that have varying degrees of intensity and proactiveness about like what what is permittable for farm animals in particular like how they can be treated and what what is tolerated especially in procedures that are like management like procedures so those are in goats it's most often we're talking about castration and dehorning um or disbudding and like what what like who can do those things what do we do to make it not painful and less stressful because like that isn't that nice for animal welfare um there's the these like five tenets of animal welfare uh, five freedoms um and one of them is like freedom from pain so the like the european union new zealand australia um have taken this a little bit more seriously and are a little bit more up to date than the united states in common all of these countries consider animals to be property but like i said i'm going to talk about the uk a lot because they have some really nice uh like information available online very readily about like what is permitted for treatment of these animals and like what is not um the uk has a department for environmental food excuse me food and rural affairs which uh has codes that specifically regulate management of livestock um I've said in other episodes, probably the episodes most specifically about castration and dehorning, that like sometimes in order to coexist with livestock, we do things to them that are like not pleasant and enjoyable. Disbudding is not pleasant and enjoyable. Castrating is not pleasant and enjoyable. Those animals would not volunteer to do that thing. But the outcome the reason for doing that thing is generally has some kind of beneficial outcome for those critters so like castrating especially something like cattle castrating cattle um you know bulls are big and dangerous and testosterone driven whereas steers are much easier to handle um bucks are stinky and rude when they're in the rut and they don't some people think they don't taste as good when you eat them um and weathers are more docile and able to be housed with does and don't end up with unintended pregnancies um so there's management reasons for procedures that cause pain these um defra codes regulation codes in the uk really um kind of outline specifics for who can do certain things when certain things can be done and what kind of pain management and pain mitigating uh 
measures must be taken under the law to make that experience less terrible for the animal. Um, so let's see here. I didn't put down any specifics, but in like there's specifics for sheep, there's specifics for goats, something like disbudding, for example. In the United States, anybody can disbud their own animals. Um, I'm going to talk about that in a second because generally often what happens is that anybody disbuds anybody's animals and that gets in a little bit of gray area legally in my opinion um so anybody can disbud anybody's animal or anybody can disbud their own animals legally in the united states in the United Kingdom, disbudding of goat kids at any age may only be performed by a veterinarian. And it is required that it's done, I think, in the first seven days of life. So very young animals need to be, has to be done by a vet, and that's like the end of the discussion. You're not supposed to do it yourself. Whereas here, people absolutely do it themselves. I did it myself. You know, I just butted I don't know how many goat kids before I graduated vet school. So it's just an interesting uh, juxtaposition to the United States um, where we're less proactive than that. Um, the United Kingdom, those uh, animal regulation codes I was talking about, um, the Animal Welfare Act for the UK was um, the most recent like version of it is 2006, whereas the United States, our Animal Welfare uh, Act is from 1966. So a lot of things have happened since 1966. And our perception, people's perception, and relationship with animals, I think, has changed a lot in the last 60, 70, 80, 90, almost 50 years, um, or more than 50 years. That sounds like more, maybe close to 50 years to me. Um, like, our relationship with animals is quite different now than it was in the 60s. Our veterinary medicine is quite different now than it was in the 60s. Our access to different medications for pain and other things is quite different now than it was in the 60s. So, you know, this the Animal Welfare Act in the United States maybe a little outdated. Um, the other really interesting thing to note about the Animal Welfare Act in the United States is that it doesn't apply to farm animals. It does not apply to livestock. It applies to animals in a lab setting, uh, rats, mice, birds, horses in a lab setting, but not animals that are like in food processing lines. So like we don't have legal requirements for pain and animal welfare. Just kind of crazy. Um, I mean, ultimately, you know, the things that happen in terms of management of our livestock still happen. The kids get disbudded, whether it's by a vet or a layperson. The steers get castrated, whether it's by a vet or a layperson. Um, but it's interesting to me to think about like how are we approaching these unpleasant painful management tasks 
Um, the United States does have like animal cruelty laws, which vary state to state, um, but they're like crazy. Like the when defining animal cruelty in the law, like some things are very specific and. Um, it's like, it's one of these things where I've said before, like, you'd think this would go without saying that, like, let me see if I can find this. Um, one of the animal cruelty laws I found, like, that was pertaining to livestock was that livestock shall not be detained in railroad cars or compartments for longer than 28 hours after they are so placed without supplying them with necessary food, water, and attention, nor permit such stock to be so crowded as to overlie, crush, wound, or kill each other. Like, that's pretty terrible. Like, you're going to put these animals in some kind of transport car and leave them. You can leave them for up to 28 hours, so more than a day, without food and water. And as long as they're in there, in someone's opinion, in such a way that they're not going to crush each other, that's fine. Like, I think we can probably do better than that. Like, defining animal cruelty. Um, like, animal cruelty in most states is, like, a punishable, arrestable, reportable offense. Um... And def but defining it is very different in the United States as compared to the UK. Um, when I was looking up, like like who enforces these things in the UK? Like what what is going on there? Um, and the, and the language I found was that anyone who is cruel to an animal or does not provide for its welfare needs, which welfare needs are very clearly defined, um, may be banned from owning animals, fined up to 20,000 pounds, and or sent to prison. So, like, those are some pretty significant uh, deterring punishments, perhaps. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's it's very clearly defined regulations for, like, there, if you look up the um, the welfare code of regulations for goats, like, most aspects of general goat management and husbandry are very clearly outlined as to what the expectations are. Um, I didn't think about this when I was writing up my notes, but it is, and I've kind of touched on it a little bit. I think that our, in the United States, our perception of animals has, like, our perception of animal pain and animals, like, world experience and how we treat animals um, has changed a lot since the Animal Welfare Act in the United States was written in the 60s. And, I mean, this is more, probably why some people are like, well, this is capitalism at work. Because there have been things that have changed in terms of, like, slaughter industry regulations. And there's different certifications that livestock producers can get. Like, we're looking at, for our farm in particular, we're looking at, at our new location becoming humane certified. Because we do all that stuff anyway, and then we get to put a stamp on our label that shows consumers, hey, we take extra good care of our animals. Um, so someone, I'm sure, out there that really likes capitalism was like, well, that's the free market at work because... Um, consumers want to know that when they get food that comes from animals, that those animals have a good life. And I agree with that. But then there's a whole bunch of other animals that fall by the wayside because their owners or producers don't know about what, like, 
what is the min there is no legal minimal uh, well there probably there is for some, certain animals um, but like what is the minimum legal acceptable standard of care for these animals in the United States it's real 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 minimal um, those things that I mentioned animal welfare certified humane certified those are all great programs um, but they require time and energy and expertise like it's going to be easier for my farm to become humane certified probably because I'm a vet um, than somebody else's you know you have to have a relationship with a vet for a believe for humane certified so like that's that's an expense like doing humane certified is an expense people are not going to do this and be part of this program which provides you know education and whatever like awareness of these animal welfare topics to when they have just like a couple goats and it would be really nice, like, if they did, because I was talking with another client recently about the difficulty we have with selling our animals to people, um, and it's a big bummer, because she sells a lot of animals. She breeds great, beautiful animals, sells them as pets and as show stock, and they do really well at shows and all of these things. But she also sells animals as pets to people who ha often to people who haven't had goats before, and she provides guidance and she's very there. Like people call her, she refers a lot of people to me when they have problems. But they also don't listen to what she says. And then, you know, five months down the road, this beautiful goat kid that she sold them died because the people didn't know what they were doing and didn't seek out good information. And it's, you know, that, that animal, like, lots of animals don't get adequate nutrition, especially goat kids. Go listen to the goat kid nutrition episode. Um, and, like, there's a lack of education and awareness about what is the minimal acceptable, like, welfare standard. And this, uh, this has to do with, like that animal's quality of life, that animal's comfort, that animal's freedom from pain, which is why I'm talking about it. Let's see. I think there's some other notes here. Um, the other thing that I mentioned um, and about how, like, the UK in particular has very strict regulations, like disbudding is a great example. Only a vet can disbud goat kids. And, and I said, like... In the United States, a producer is pretty much able to do whatever they want to do to their animals um, because it's their property and they own it and it's not protected by regulations under the Animal Welfare Act. The, the gray area, and people are probably going to be annoyed at me for talking about this, but like, there's a lot of people who... It could be argued that they are practicing veterinary medicine without a license when they go and do things like disbud someone else's goat kids. 
Um, if you look, and this would vary state to state, if you look at the Practice Act um, for your states, like, or if you get, you know, if your animal is castrated by somebody else who's not a vet, like, that could be practicing without a license. So, but the thing about it is, and especially with goats, and it frustrates me a lot, is that nobody cares, like, the whatever powers that be that are supposed to regulate and watch over these things like they don't really care because goats are minor species and they've probably got bigger fish to fry but we also don't have like these overarching animal code of welfare regulations like the UK does um yeah so that's my little soapbox there for a second I've said in the past like you know like if you don't know how to do those things as a producer, castrate your animal, disbud your animal, you need to be taught by somebody that knows how to do it confidently and well. It's not something you should learn from a YouTube video or like, I'm just going to do this and try it out. Like, please have someone teach you or have a vet teach you or whatever. Like, I don't mind teaching people how to disbud things. Like, that's fine. But, and this kind of brings me to the end and what I wanted to kind of wrap this up as, um, like, what, because the problem I had with this episode and, like, recording this episode was, like, what's my point in talking about all this stuff? Like, it's an interesting conversation, um, I think, like... There's a lot of stuff out there, especially with the internet, like animal rights activists and animal welfare stuff, especially as pertaining to livestock, um, where, like I've said a couple of times, like people don't want to see animals suffer. Um, And for me, myself, personally, I think that my experience has shown me as, as a vet that sees livestock over the past several years people are willing to do what they feel is right and nicer for the animals even if it costs them a little bit more money like you know I've I've talked about castrating and that like I sedate things for castrating them because it makes it less unpleasant um I give them pain medications because it makes it less unpleasant it decreases the pain associated with that procedure and like that's why I do it and that's why I share how I do it a certain way um and like my clients the more are they're willing to to do that for their animals and that's an like it's an interesting thing I think right now in September of 2019 we have other fish to fry as a country in the United States I'm not going to get political here trying to talk about animals um but it could be when things calm down a little bit um, that you know maybe it's time that when we we figure out our stuff as a country maybe it's time that we go back and look at that animal welfare act and think about what we can do for our livestock species in particular because they are pretty ignored um in general as like a legal entity um maybe maybe it's time that we go back to that and update it and legislate something or make regulations or guidelines for something that really kind of reflects more how people feel about the whole the whole matter 
Um, no, I'm walking a fine line of getting political there, guys. I don't want to do it. I don't, I'm not trying to start an argument about it. Um, it doesn't really have much to do with like left politics, right politics. It just has to do with our relationship to the other critters that we interact with and share the world with. And I think it's an interesting thing to think about. So I think that is probably my best attempt at talking about the thing that I wanted to talk about with this podcast topic. Um, I'm just pulling into the farm and I will post this. I'll try to post this tonight. Uh, but that's going to do it for the moment. And I'll talk to you guys next time.